Hello, and welcome to the New Rivers Press podcast, a program dedicated to new and emerging voices in the literary community. My name is Alex Ferguson, and in this episode I interview MSUM graduate Brianna Jensen and MSUM School of Media Arts and Design professor Trista Konzemius about what it actually means to design a book. Hi, Brianna. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us today. So you took the course Digital Design and Production Studio. Why did you decide to take that course? To be honest, it was a requirement for my major, so I didn't really look too far into what the class was consisted of. But afterward, I'm really happy I took it because the course itself offered real-world experiences, such as working with the designing of these book covers and a few other projects and just getting more hands-on with the software we've been using throughout the years and actually using them for your like day-to-day lives. Yeah, I found in my degrees that a lot of the coursework at MSUM is really hands-on. Can you walk us through the cover design process? Sure. It might be different for other people, but when I was doing the cover designs after reading the book and seeing what the offers themselves, they offered a small synopsis of what they would want for the book or what kind of vibes they got from it. And after doing that, you would try to find a vibe or a general idea of what you would think through reading it. Like ours was some poems. And so after doing that, I would create a few mood boards and some color palettes or textures or free images that I find on Pexels or on Splash or if I take my own and compile it to just figure out what I want to go for. And then after researching some of the things, like for one of them, I had to figure out what entirely an Apodictor tape was. So after looking into it and figuring, ah, it's a machine that records the humming of the bees, I I knew I wanted to go more with bees look. So I would go and sketch, and sometimes sketches could be traditional, sometimes they're just randomly drawn in whatever software I have (laughs) until they are transferred into Adobe Photoshop or Illustrator where I'd actually begin to create a few examples that I would present to my friends or our peers that we did in our class to get some feedback so I can narrow it down to like one or two that I like more and that I want to actually continue with and not waste a bunch of time, but like save the rest just in case we have to go back or I like an idea from the other ones. And then after like a few feedbacks or critiques of just talking with some people, seeing what they like to make sure we're all getting the same kind of feel for the book and I'm not going in a weird direction, I'll choose one of the covers that I'm liking the most and polish that up. Maybe experiment with a color just to make sure which one fits better before I put it all into InDesign, make sure it's all in the correct formats, have bleeds, the margins, make sure it's just perfect so that if it sends out to print, it'd be fine. It sounds like a lot of technical stuff from my end, (laughs) to be honest with you. You worked on two New Reverse Press titles, right? Correct, yeah. I worked on the Apodictor tapes and Monologue of Fire. How much contact did you have with the authors? I actually didn't talk at all with the authors. I still haven't heard anything, but that's just because of how the class worked, that it'd just be easier that I didn't talk with them. Yeah, I know in the editing class, we had one student in each book team designated to be in contact with the author. Do you think that your job was more challenging because you were working specifically on poetry manuscripts? I kind of preferred doing the poetry because I felt like I had more of, I was going to say a restricted creative freedom. (laughs) I feel like I could do a little bit more because like poetry goes over so many subjects when a novel tends to stay on a very common path. Not saying that all the novels are common, but I think I preferred the poetry books. 
So you talked about your process for designing the cover. Besides the book, where did you draw inspiration for your designs? I guess while doing the mood board, sometimes like you'll search a particular word. Like I mentioned, the Appedictor records the humming. So I looked up waves and then upon looking up waves on like pixels or something, I would think of other ideas that would come from that. And then it just spirals into like a snowball of these ideas (laughs) in my notebook. What was your favorite part of the cover design process? I know, maybe it's a little cliche, but I, I guess my favorite part is seeing how everything would come together in the end. Like the beginning sketch that I would do versus the, the last sketch I would do and how all the tweaking and the feedback from my class and the, my peers helped create that final piece. And we closed the class in December, obviously. It's January 28th now. Did you finish the cover completely by the end of the semester, or did you find you had to continue tweaking it once the course was over? Technically, I want to say yes, I did finish it. So yeah, I finished the book covers by the end of the school year. However, with Nate, I had a few other ideas, and we were like (laughs) unsure of which one we wanted or which one the author would want. But all in all, they all have been done and I haven't touched them since. How would you describe the time commitment for book design as far as total hours and like the overarching months? I know it was a lot. (laughs) I technically worked on it like twice a night, but that could take up like six hours of my night. It just depends. The Appedictor tapes went super fast for me because I had a very clear vision of what I wanted to do with it more so and all the sketches were similar in their ways it's just trying to find which orientation or which area I wanted it to go but with monologue of fire there were so many different ideas and I was so many different directions that it took a lot more time and I switched between softwares more often just trying to figure out what I would want and I'd spend way too long into the night and realize oh I have school in a bit You said you had a clear vision for Appedictor tapes initially, so that that took less time. Were there any other differences in how you proceeded with creating the designs? Yeah, so I struggled a little more with Monologue of Fire because when I read the manuscript, I got a little different vibes from the manuscript than the author intended. So my first initial designs were more melancholy in feeling. And so I had more struggle because like I was going in this direction when I actually had to take a little turn and go more in this direction, which snowballed into, I don't know which design I like more. And then we'd have 50-50 and critiques of which one should we go with. And it was down to me with my cup of coffee of which one am I going to pick? So there was definitely more of a struggle of which design do I think fits the, the feeling of the poems more? and will convey it without being too literal. So would you say you had a good amount of creative freedom? Oh, definitely. I, yeah, I think I had a lot of creative freedom, especially compared to some of the other designers in their books. What was the most challenging part about the design process? The most challenging part of it is you're trying to convey what the author would want from their work into being a design while also trying not to be too literal or deviating from what I like as a designer, but also not being too biased to what I like. Do you think that having the chance to share that with the class was helpful in that? Oh, definitely. 
I, I don't think I would have came out with as strong of books if I didn't have feedback from the class because everyone came up with certain new ideas or like an, a different way I could, maybe I should change the color to be less bright or be a little brighter and that could grow into a new idea. I don't think I would have came out with as strong as a cover if it wasn't for the help of the class. Do you have any advice for other students who may be interested in taking this course or maybe even in pursuing a career in book design? I know it's cliche also, but my advice would be to just do it and don't be afraid to step out of your comfort zone. Because when first starting this class, I was a little step back of, I don't know if I should do this, but it's totally a completely great experience. And it gives you a feeling of how you would be working with a client. And it also gives you more of that creative freedom than you would in the real world to experiment more with what kind of techniques or what kind of style you like. I guess and also advice for if you were going to pursue a career in the book design. Through my process, I would suggest that even if you become very attached with one of your first ideas when creating a book, always try other ideas and sometimes like different designs because sometimes that new idea or new design that you didn't fully like and if you polish it up a little bit more you'll end up liking that more than your first design and it'll come out stronger well that is all the questions i have i want to thank you again for talking with us and also just for the designs you made everybody on the book team completely loved the work you were doing and i'm so excited to see it on the physical books when they come out so thank you for meeting with me yeah thank you for having me i know this and the class was really fun. Hi, Trista. Thank you so much for agreeing to be interviewed today. Could you tell us a little bit about the course, what pathways it's required for, or why students might choose to take it? It kind of depends on the semester. Um, it's sometimes built into a course or it's sometimes run as an internship with our students. And so it is either one of the senior classes, our digital design studio class, where the students are the designers for the books for New Rivers Press. Or if they're not part of that class, it's an internship because that class isn't every semester. So they will do it as an internship to do design for New Rivers Press. And it is required in the graphic communications major to take those classes and to do, do some sort of design where they're working on a larger project, such as a book, book cover. And so they will take it for the, the graphic communications major and their pathways, a lot of them are very, especially the ones that want to work in the books, are very interested in doing work that is print-based as well as work such as um, like digital, you could do digital books or different types of catalogs or books that are online as the print is sort of evolving. There's still print that they study and they do that also online, not specifically like website type things. So they're very interested in doing the layout for books and design for books, things that can be translated to print and digital. You said that they're interested in the layout. When I was talking to Brianna, she said that they have the option to come back and work on the interior. Could you talk oh. to me a little bit about what the process for designing the interior is like? Yes. Yeah. So the layout, they're, they're kind of both. They do the design and the layout of the cover because they lay out the back too. So we kind of just have called them layout. And then there's a separate semester where they do layout on the inside. If, if they can, because it's a year-long project, 
for New Rivers Press. Um, we like the students to work on both, but sometimes people are graduating. Mm -hmm. So the process then, they work on usually designing in the layout for the covers in the fall. And sometimes that schedule is off a little bit, but in general, that's in the fall. And then in the spring, they will start that the layout on the inside. And how that process sort of works is we get a sample of a couple chapters of the inside of the book. And so depending on the size, we will go into InDesign and I'll have the students set up basically their, their parameters so that one big important thing in the inside on every design is consistency. So we want to have the headings and the page numbers and everything in consistency places in the inside. So they'll start laying out their inside with what's called master pages and they'll have master styles. So they'll make sort of their design choices. This is the size, this is the location, this is the font and create those master sort of settings. And they'll use those sample chapter that we get from New Rivers Press to apply those and then visually they can see those. And we go back to usually the editors at New Rivers Press to, to have a double check on that. So they're kind of making this preliminary design of the spacing, the fonts, the look of the beginning before they get the entire inside content. And the nice thing is once you've created those as like master pages, as I mentioned, or master styles, they're essentially making all these decisions and automating it. So once they bring everything else and they can go through and apply all of these things they've already created, which speeds up that process of doing it to the entire inside of the book because they've got all these creative choices made. And of course, when they're doing the inside and the longer book, there's a lot more design considerations. They've sort of like rules they've made or rules that are in part of the book where chapter has to start on a certain size. So they have to do manually go through the book and go through all this consistency, but they've done some of that pre-decision making before they get the entire book to sort of keep that process moving along. Obviously, yeah. you can't give us a whole tutorial on InDesign right now, but <laughs> could you talk just a little bit more of what that entails? What kind of things do they have to learn in order to do that? InDesign is a layout program, basically, but it's, it's, that's just kind of the terms. It's almost so much more than that. You can do layout. Basically, the word layout just means you're arranging your items, mm -hmm. but you are arranging items, but then you're also styling them and designing them in there. So it's more than that. So what InDesign is, is, is basically you're going to set up when they start, they, they create a new InDesign file and it's going to be the exact size of the pages it needs to be for the book. So you're setting your exact sort of specifications that would be printed at and you're adding all your technical items in an InDesign also. It's really, it's, it's you're designing and laying it out and it's very technical. So you're going to add in, if you have graphics that extend off the page, like on the cover, in printing, they need to have something called bleeds so they can be printed correctly on the paper. So you're adding your bleeds in there. And so they like, for instance, on the cover, they're going to design their graphics in the cover in other software, but the layout, they bring them all into InDesign and combine them with their text in there. So in the interior, it's all in InDesign as far as that layout. So they have their pages laid out the exact size. They technically get everything ready. They measure their margins. They have that set up, their spacing. And then that's where you add your text in and style your text and then any graphics you're adding into the layout you've created in other programs you save them and then you bring them in so I kind of tell students InDesign you think of it like a gathering place you've made all your assets and you bring them together and then you put them together in the final version you arrange them correctly and then you style and adjust all of the text in there it's, it gets creative but it's also technical because you're setting it up to go to that final print 
production also when you're working in InDesign. Thank you. That explanation makes it a little clearer for me. (laughs) (laughs) How much creativity are they actually allowed when working with the interior of the book? The interior, it's not quite as much creativity because the main function of the interior, it needs to be readable. The consumers need to be able to comfortably read the book. So there are some parameters given, but which that's not unusual in design, depending on what projects students are working on. They have to get used to working on different parameters for different types of projects, but they don't have as much creativity. Somewhat with some of the font choices, they have to sort of go with the cover. There's a feel that's already designed in the cover, which is why that's done first. And most of the pages, they have to have a certain amount of space around the text and around the edges so that you can hold the book, you can read the text very well. And so their main creativity is in the beginning of chapters or if it's a short story, it's the beginning of stories, they can play with some of the graphics and layout of the headings of those stories or some of the uh, blank pages that are between stories. It's a great place to bring in, tie it back to some of the graphics from the cover or bring in some additional graphics that weren't used that kind of maybe rotates throughout the book. So you don't have it as you're reading, you don't see these distractions and see different graphics throughout the story, but in between chapters, stories, you get that sort of, okay, I'm moving on to the next section, the next chapter, and here's these graphics or this more creative design that goes with it. So it's a little bit more limited, but they do have options in the inside to be able to do some design work. Like with the editing process, the design process is student-led for New Rivers Press titles. When they present you with a mood board or a cover design draft, what type of things do you look for? What sort of suggestions are you looking to make? We, we have this set up. They work on it for the semester. And so we have a variety of processes they go through. So like you'd mentioned, mood board, we start with mood board. And then um, from the mood board, it's basically their starting place to kind of get all of their ideas together. When they do the mood board, they've read through the manuscript and they've sort of brought their pieces together. And it's a great piece for the mood board. We're not necessarily looking for something specific on the mood board. We're wanting them to try out some different imagery, colors, and fonts and bring it forward. And that way we can meet with the editors, the other students in publishing class, and compare sort of what the designer got out of the book, what the editors are thinking, if any of those mood colors, pictures, fonts are resonating with the rest of the editors who read the book, then we kind of know that might be a good avenue to start exploring. So it's being able to bring a lot of different ideas and concepts in as a visual element to discuss before you actually get in and start working on designing things. It gives you different ways. And from the mood board, then if all the editors are like, oh, that is not the feel I got from the book. We know right there that, okay, this color scheme is not representing the book overall well, and we can go a different way. And then we have the designers start to do multiple drafts. So they'll explore a few different ideas and it evolved. And they could be very similar or they could be very, very different to just sort of see how that progression involves. And we're looking when they're designing covers, we're looking for, you know, a variety of different things. I can't say there's a specific thing we're looking for because some covers work great if they're very minimal and they just maybe have some text on them and some work great when they're busier. So there's not like a specific thing, but you do need to have readability. You need it to be able to read the title and the author very clearly on the spine and the cover. You do need to have it representing the feel of the book. So if the book is a really upbeat and happy book, you want to be very careful that you're not representing it in a different way when people glance at the cover because the cover is that first 
impression they're getting. And we also really do not want to be very, very literal. So like if the book is called Coffee Time with Joe, we don't want like <laughs> coffee on the front necessarily. <laughs> we don't want to get quite as, as literal with, with everything. You want to be able to have them a little more creative and make it something that's intriguing. We want people to pick up this book and watch that cover to sort of draw them in. After they go through this whole process of designing, what happens when it's approved? In general, we have them design the front cover sort of layout. And sometimes if they have an, some different ideas, they'll translate it onto the back. But we usually do go through all the drafts of the front. It's approved through New Rivers Press. We show them to the authors too and have the authors approve it. Or sometimes the authors will have little tiny tweaks or changes. And then once everything's finally approved, we, we work on on back covers because depending on which front cover is chosen or the approval that's going to kind of go on to the back cover on the back cover it changes for different books sometimes the graphic from the front is a larger graphic larger photo something they can actually wrap so you can do it a wrap around so it's like continued on the back sometimes it's a reflection of the front sometimes it's just a different image or texture that goes with that front and so that's kind of that next process is to do the spine and do that back cover so we have a complete cover get that approved, you know, get all of the text that goes on the back. And then that sort of finalized and is waiting there while the inside layout is being done so that it's, it's, it's set before we start on the layout. So we have all of our font and choices on the cover finalized before they start flowing it into the, you know, couple hundred pages in that inside layout. Is there anything else we haven't talked about yet that you think is important for students or the public to know about the book design process? You don't really think about the book design process. You, you take for granted like textbooks or books that you've got this book and there's a lot of design that goes in it and there's a lot of creativity that can go in it. And so it's a great thing for students as far as design or editing or writing. There's all these different creative areas that go into, into books. So it's a great experience. Even if students aren't thinking, I want to work on books after I graduate, working on a book project it brings in all the different areas of different design they can work on. And it is a great project to work on. And I really love working with the New Rivers Press with all the students. I think it's a very great experience for the publishing students, as well as the design students to not only work on an actual book and work with authors, but to work together. So I do really encourage students, even if they're not thinking, well, I'm not going to design books after I graduate to look into that and work on it. They'll find it. It's very rewarding once it's done and you get that printed book in your hand. And they're always just like, wow, I can't believe I did this. So it does end up being a very, very nice project process, a learning experience for all of the students that are involved. So if anyone's thinking of getting involved, I recommend don't think about it. Take a publishing class or join in a design class and, and try to work on one of the books. Yeah. And as someone who's worked on books in both the internship and the publishing class, I totally agree. I love how hands-on it is and the way you get to know the people you work with. And then, yeah, that just that final book and knowing what went into it is so rewarding. Yeah, because when you pick up a book, and I say textbooks, because a lot of times, you know, you're seeing your textbooks, you're in, in school, you don't think of everything that actually went into it, and all of the creativity that actually can go in it. It could be a science book, and people think, well, science, it's not a creative book. Well, look at all of the items and elements that are in there, the writing, the editing, the graphics, all of the students that have thought they wanted to do it, or maybe were on the border. Once they started, they're like, I'm so glad. I'm so glad I worked in the New Rivers Press books. It was a really great experience. And like you said, getting to work with the other students and be hands-on is just something you can learn so much from. All right. Well, those are all the questions I have. Thank you so much. Yes, you're welcome. 
New Rivers Press is a teaching press operating in association with Minnesota State University Moorhead. The press gives MSUM students and interns hands-on experience with editing, publishing, and the business of books. Since 2003, every New Rivers Press title has been edited and designed by MSUM students under the supervision of New Rivers Press staff. Special thanks to Brianna Jensen and Trista Kanzemius for sharing their expertise with us this episode. Brianna Jensen graduated from MSUM in the fall of 2020 with a bachelor's in graphic communications and a certificate in sequential art. She designed the covers for upcoming New Rivers Press poetry collections, The Apodictor Tapes by Annette C. Bone, and Monologue of Fire by Samuel Igbechi. Trista Kanzemius is an associate professor of graphic communications at MSUM in the School of Media Arts and Design. She has two bachelor's degrees from MSUM, one in graphic communications and another in education. She received her master of arts degree in communications, focusing on graphics and advertising, from NDSU and worked as a graphic designer and a pre-press specialist before starting her career as a professor at MSUM in 2000. She has been the art director at New Rivers Press since 2016. Beginning fall of 2021, the MSUM graphic communications degree and the graphic design degree will be combined into a brand new and innovative degree called graphic and interactive design. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by intern Alex Ferguson. To stay up to date with the podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at NRP Podcast. For information about the press, our authors, and our upcoming events, you can find us at New Rivers Press, or check out our website, newriverspress.com. As always, thank you for listening.